in verse 17. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. I'll put that up on the screen. There's a, another verse that has, it just keeps getting pushed down further and further in my notes that as we begin tonight, I want to put it up as well for us to look at it. Um, for those of you who are new to our study, we're looking at a merciful heart. We said that faith will flourish in a merciful heart, and what we've learned along the way is this very powerful connection between um, walking in love and walking in faith. Um, we're not going to turn there tonight, but Galatians 5 says, the faith that you've been given works by love and literally means it's energized by love, like the way a gasoline would energize a car. You choosing to walk in love will energize that faith. Um, Sister Vanessa said she woke up last Thursday morning after we talked about that, and she said the Lord gave her a vision in her spirit. She goes of this really nice, beautiful car and a bunch of people around it trying to push it. And, that, and I think that's really where I think a lot of folks find themselves when it comes to faith. It's like we're trying to force it, trying to make it work, trying to make it happen. That's not how God operates, right? God's in the flow of things. Things flow. And so if things aren't flowing, we need to step back and say, okay, Father, why are they not flowing? What do we need to take authority over? What do we need to deal with? And um, so let's, let's look at this verse first. It says, Love's been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So Jesus talked about this perfect love and Father being perfect as Father is perfect. And the word perfect here does not mean without flaw. It's talking about something that's well-rounded, something that's fully developed, something that's fully matured, um, something that has come full circle. So perfected love is love that's fully developed, fully matured, that has come full circle in our lives. Now, Mark 11 says that we've been given and should have in our lives the God kind of faith. And if love fuels our faith and energizes it to operate on our, our behalf, uh, then it only makes sense to me that we need the God kind of love to coincide with, go along with our God kind of faith. Now, this is the verse that we're really not going to spend a lot of time talking about tonight. We'll come back to it at a later date. But it's 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18. So we back up one chapter. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18. And I'm going to read through verse 23. What we're looking for, though, tonight is I want you to see once again the connection between faith and love. Notice now perfected love, confidence. Confidence is a faith word. Boldness, confidence, surety, being sure. Um, again, that's the, the correlation there. Now look at this passage, 1 John three eighteen through 23. My little children, do not, I'm sorry, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Talk's cheap, right? So it's, it's not just something that we say, but what we do. That's, as we've been learning on Sunday mornings, that's the difference between philo and agape. Verse 19, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. So as we show love, not just by what we say, but by what we do, we hear the expression a lot in our world today, true love. I like to call this truth love, not true love, but truth love. 
True love is when it's not just words, but it's actions. And notice he says, when we love in truth, in deed and in truth, that by this, by what? By loving in deed and in truth, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. That word assure, before I go any further, that word assure is from the Greek. It means to persuade, to set at rest, to convince, to make sure, to be sure. Okay? Now, I don't know about you, but again, do you see, I hope I know about you, do you see the connection here between love and faith? One definition for faith is to be fully persuaded, to to, to be certain, to be sure. Notice what causes our hearts to be sure, what causes our hearts to be persuaded, what causes our hearts to have confidence in God. It's when we love not in word or what we say, but in deed and what we do. So I'm going to just give you a real simple homework assignment. Go overboard this week showing love by the way you act towards other people and see what that does to your heart and the faith that resides in your heart. Faith will flourish in a merciful heart. Okay? Well, let's keep going because we see that there's even more connection. He says, verse 20, if our heart condemns us, God's greater than our heart. Aren't you thankful for that? If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. In other words, you, you may think you're condemned, but there's therefore no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, see, this is where we want to live. If our heart does not condemn us, what do we have? We have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. What's pleasing in His sight? It's loving not just in what we say, but in what we do. Truth, love. These are, these are the things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is His commandment that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. So again, do you see this powerful connection between love and faith? Again, a powerful connection between love and faith. Now, what I really want to get to and focus on tonight, and the title of the message, and usually I title them after the fact, but the title of the message, and listen very closely to how I say it, okay? The title of the message tonight is The love okay you understand when people say it like that the and then whatever the kind of hit it hard emphasize it the and then pause for a second for dramatic effect and then say okay so that's what i mean by the love right the love now because us being perfected in love is so important we do not need to leave these things to chance. Are you with me tonight? I, I want to just try to talk as simple and straightforward to you tonight as, as the Holy Spirit enables me uh, to do so, okay? So we need an example of perfected love. You know, we talk about it and we say things like well-rounded, fully developed, all this other stuff, but what, what does that really look like? And where can we go to find an example of um, perfected uh, love so that we can, again, not comparing ourselves amongst ourselves, the Bible tells us not to do that, but so that we have something that we can measure our progress by. Okay? Um, the, the Heisman quarterback at Alabama, 
Um, he came home when he was a teenager and told his dad he was the best basketball player in the gym. And his daddy told him, son, you need to find another gym. Right? Be- because, see, he was measuring himself against people who did not have the same skill level that he had. And so it was, it was skewing his perception of, of his progress. Right? Years ago, I played racquetball with a friend, and we were about evenly matched. And, you know, if we played five games, I may beat him two, he beat me three, or vice versa. But then our schedules changed, and he started playing with somebody who was really, really good, beat him five times in a row. I started playing with somebody that I could beat four times out of five. You know, I was, I was better than him. Well, about two or three months later, we got back together to play, and guess what? He spanked me right? Now, I felt like, because I was winning most every racquetball game I played, that I was like, look at me, you know? And he felt like, you know, because he was losing about every racquetball game he played, that he's like, well, do I even want to continue with this sport? But notice now, because we tend to play up or down to our competition. So, it's very easy. This is why Jesus said, if you only love like, if you only speak to people who speak to you, if you only do good to people who do good to you, right? And you think, man, look at me, I'm, I'm perfected in love. And Jesus is like, no, you're not, right? Tax collectors do that, heathen do that. What do you do more than these? All that is stuff we've covered in Matthew, the fifth chapter. So we need an example of perfected love to measure and compare our progress. This is too important to leave to random or religious interpretation, okay? Now I have good news for you. We actually have two examples. The first one is Jesus' life as is recorded in the Gospels. He absolutely mirrored, presented, demonstrated, is the word we find in in Romans, the fifth chapter, um, perfected love for us. We see that he um, loved, he forgave, um, he forgave the people who who brutalized him and and murdered him for hanging on the cross. So he really, um, you know, demonstrated that um, for us and and I'm by no means trying to diminish the importance of that. I, I don't, again, I don't think we can say enough about it. But even when it comes to, you know, the example that Jesus set for us, if we're not careful, we'll put him in a, in a category, um, you know, all of his own. And in some regards, as Savior of the world, he does belong in that category. But in others, he said, listen, what I'm doing, you can do. Jesus never, like when the disciples wanted to get involved in something, Jesus didn't say, step aside, boys, only, only people like me can do this. No, he says, come on, guys, get in here with me, do this. Okay. And certainly loving, we have the capacity, as a matter of fact, we're commanded by Jesus in John 13 to love other people the way he loves us. So we have the ability, as born-again believers, we have the ability, the capacity to love like Jesus loved. But, but there's, again... As important as his example is, remember I said there's two places we can look to, um, you know, to see an example or a description or to understand what perfected love actually is and looks like. The first one is Jesus' life as recorded in the Gospels. The second is a written list. Am I the only one that likes lists? Listen, I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? I have been known to put something I've already done on a list so I can check it off. I just, I like lists. I like lists, okay? Um, amen. 
And so we've got a list. Isn't this wonderful? Father, by the Holy Spirit, has provided in His Word a written list of 15, 15 now, not just one, two, or three. There goes your three-point sermon, right? 15 distinguishing characteristics of perfected love. 15 characteristics. Now, I don't know about you, but if I look around, I don't know why I keep saying I don't know about you. I do know about you because I know about me and we're a lot alike, okay? So, but have you noticed, that might be a better way of saying it, have you noticed that when you look around what's going on in the world today that people are kind of confused about what love is? I mean, just listen to some of the more popular songs, you know. I mean, I, listen, God bless Tina Turner, I, you know, but a secondhand emotion? Are you kidding me? You, 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 you know what I'm saying? I mean, who was the guy that bolted out, I want to know what love is? You know, it's like, well, read your Bible, dude. It's right there for you. You know what I'm saying? But again, people are confused about these things. To hear some people talk about it, it's something you fall into. To hear other people talk about it, it's something you fall out of. So as, the far, as far as the world's concerned, love's either a hole in the ground or a tree or, or a high wall or something, you know, as you just fall off of or fall into. Or what, you know, again, people don't understand this. And it's, 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 it's not by accident. The devil does not want us to understand what love really is. He wants us to think of it in terms of emotion and, 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 and all of this. All right? So let's, um, let's go... Uh, to uh, to this list, it's it's in First Corinthians thirteen, if if you're not uh, familiar with that, okay. First Corinthians chapter thirteen, and let's um, praise God. Let let me begin with verses one, two, and three. This is not where the the fifteen uh, distinguishing characteristics list begins, but let's let's start from uh, verse one. He says, "Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love." I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. Okay. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Now, there's a pattern here that you may have already spotted, but he's talking about um, these acts of service, acts of sacrifice, and acts of, let's just call them spirituality, okay? But he's not just saying, if I have faith, he's saying, if I have all faith. He's not just saying that if I know something about God, he's saying, if I have all knowledge. So he's doing this, when I say hypothetically, he, obviously, the Holy Spirit is, is making a point. Um, we could make a case that it's not hypothetical because if you have the Holy Spirit, the Bible says you know all things. But I'm not here to try to teach and split that hair tonight. But when he's, when he's talking about these things at their most extreme, there's not just sacrifice, but die for somebody. And not just die for somebody, but die for somebody by being burned to death for somebody. You, know, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's all at its at its uppermost echelon of, of faith, of spiritual gifts, of sacrifice, of giving, you know, what have you. But notice he says, even if you have all of these things in, in their greatest uh, form and, and, and example, but there's no love, then you're nothing but 
you're taking up noise, I mean, you're taking up space, you're making noise, it doesn't amount to nothing. The, the one I want to kind of zero in on is, um, let's see, where is it? Uh, it's um, verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. You see that right there, I am nothing. We would probably understand that better as uh, I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. Now, I don't need you to correct me. I understand nobody's a nobody. Everybody's somebody in God. I got that already. But he's saying that we're as if we're a nobody. Because, because the word I am nothing, nothing there metaphorically means, are you ready? No account, no weight, no value, no authority. He's saying that if you have that level of faith, but you're not being motivated by love, then it's really all for nothing. It's, 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 it, there's nothing being added to your account. It doesn't carry any weight in the spirit realm. It's of no lasting value and certainly um, doesn't make the devils uh, tremble. Now, remember what he says in James chapter 2. I'll put those both verses one slide on the screen. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So when he says faith without works, he's, it's kind of like love without works. Do you see the, do you see the parallel there? Um, you know, as we can talk about what we believe, but if we never put any action to what we believe, then then faith without works is dead. And he goes on to explain further in verse 26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is, is also dead. So he's saying that faith without a corresponding action is like a body without a spirit. Now remember, death doesn't mean non-existence. Death means separation. So faith without a corresponding action means a disconnect is causing our faith to be inoperable like a car that's out of gas right it's inoperable faith therefore is brought to life and animated when connected with our corresponding actions now i said something in the beginning of the opening prayer that i just it's 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 one of the things that we say around here at heritage and i want you to incorporate this into your daily confessions okay i'm expecting more than i can produce on my own Come on now, are you, are you just expecting what you can pull off or are you expecting more than you can produce on your own? Man, I've heard some amazing testimonies from some of our brothers last few days about, about Father God intervening on their behalf in, in serious issues in their lives. I wouldn't dare want to embarrass Sister Amy, but man, she just received a blessing to the tune of about 60K in her life, okay? Are you following what I'm saying? See, you know why? It's because she's expecting more than she can produce on her own. Are you following me? She's expecting more than she can produce on her own. She's getting close to finishing her degree, and her dream is to teach uh, math. And um, even then, the, you know, how in the world is all this going to work out for her to go back into school? God's gone ahead of her and fixed it all. Just, just pay, just, just, just. Just grease, the, just grease the tracks. Amen. Can I keep talking at my hush? She said, 
Pastor Mark, just pray for me because two of the classes I've got to have to get my degree are physics and I've been avoiding them. Not her words, mine. Avoiding them like the plague, right? So she has a, she has a, a department head comes in and says, all right, tell you what, here's some other classes you can take instead of physics. You know what she told me before class today? She said, somebody told me I can do hard things. She goes, I'm praying about it. I'm not, she goes, I'm not sure I'm going to run from physics. Right? Okay. But notice now, the Lord's, Lord gives you options. You want to take the physics, sister? He'll help you. You want to do something else? He'll help you with that, too. He understands physics that this world don't know yet. Right? Am I right about it? Okay. So, praise God, we're expecting more than we can produce on our own. So faith is brought to life and animated when connected with our corresponding actions. It's when we step out, man, and we, and we take that step of faith, and we say, okay, I'm this and that. See, this, this is where Father God and His power begin to get involved in our lives. So this is, before I go any further, I've I got too much going on tonight, but the Lord's helped me stay focused, okay? So this brings us to an important question, though, and, and this is the connection I want to make, and then we'll get back to the love, all right? If faith needs a corresponding action, will any action do? See, if we consider a more inclusive view of Scripture, in other words, if, if we look at other verses that are connected to this, I think we will clearly see the motivation behind our corresponding action is critically important. So let me give you the gold standard. Are you ready? The gold standard is faith expressed in works that are motivated by love. Faith expressed in works that are motivated by love. You see, the greatest faith potential, according to 1 Corinthians 13, without love is empty and worthless. Okay? Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, I don't don't see how this could... And I'm kind of like with you. I had some of these questions myself. But this is what I think the Holy Spirit, He simply asked me this question. I'm going to ask it to you. What about faith combined with actions that are rooted in selfishness? What about faith combined with actions that are rooted in pride or even envy or even revenge? I was a guest at a, at a revival meeting one night, and um, man, just if you go by what the Bible says, this, this pastor had went, the evangelist had went way off the rails. And I'm like, I'm like ready to get out of there. You know, I'm like, Lord, help me, Jesus, you know. Uh, his altar call was for people to come forward to curse their enemies. And I'm like, dude, what in the world? You know, I'm like, I'm almost like looking around for like Alan Funt and Candid Camera to see, you know, like if I'm fixing to get caught or something, you know. I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, he knew me. He knew I was a pastor. And he kept saying, okay, all these people come down there, curse their enemies. I'm like, dude, are you, just go, what? You know, and he kept wanting me to come and pray with them. I'm like, dude, if I come down there, I'm not stopping at them. I'm coming on up there where you are. On, you know, I'm out <laughs> You know, and he kept staring me down. I said, all pastors. I want all pastors to come. I'm like, I ain't touching that with a 20-foot pole, sir. You know. Is that Jesus? Is that Jesus? No, see, so faith combined with actions that are rooted in selfishness, pride, envy, revenge. See, that, that ain't, that, those actions aren't going to get any results. And, you know, I struggle with that aren't going to get any results thing. 
and I don't want to go too far down this road, but faith is such a powerful force, and I believe it can and will produce limited results in the lives of those who know little to nothing about it. But these kinds of faith results will not add anything to your heavenly account. <laughs> Are you even even if you uh, um, you know stumble across some benefit of, of this, um, it'll carry no long-term weight or value. All right. Now, let's, um, <clears throat> praise God. So let's, let's go now to 1 Corinthians 13, and let's go to verse 4. 1 Corinthians 13 and 4, that's kind of the introduction of those first three verses in 1 Corinthians. But this is where, this is where the, um, the 15 characteristics of perfected love, this is where we start finding this list. Right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read it to you from a couple of different translations. Um, so I'll put them on the screen. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, um, but love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Okay. Now, here's the message translation of that. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Love doesn't have a swelled head. Love doesn't force itself on others. Love isn't always me first. Love doesn't fly off the handle. Love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Love doesn't revel when others grovel. Love takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Love puts up with anything. Love trusts God always. Love always looks for the best. Love never looks back. Love keeps going to the end. Okay. Now here's the amplified. Okay. Love endures long. Love is patient and love is kind. Love uh, is never envious. Love never boils over with jealousy. Love is not boastful. Love is not vainglorious. Love does not display itself haughtily. Love is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. Love is not rude or unmannerly. Uh, love does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Um, love is not self-seeking. Love is not touchy. <laughs> love is not touchy come on now love y'all just keep looking straight ahead love is not touchy or fretful or resentful okay no elbows anybody sitting around you okay all right it's not touchy or fretful or resentful it love takes no account of the evil done to it love pays no attention to a suffered wrong what did jesus say hanging on that cross bleeding to death Forgive them. Love does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but love rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything. Love bears up under everything that comes. Love is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Love, its hopes are fadeless. Love's hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. Love endures everything without weakening. Now, the, the next one I want to give you is Young's Literal. And so it's, it's challenging to translate the Bible from its original language to just a literal translation because 
it, it doesn't read smoothly, you know, like we are used to reading things. But nonetheless, there's tremendous value in looking at literal translations. And in, in my humble experience and opinion, Young's is one of the best. Okay? So listen to these same verses from the Young's literal. He says, the love, see where we got the title from now, don't you? The love is long-suffering. The love, it is kind. The love doth not envy. The love doth not vaunt itself. The love is not puffed up. The love doth not act unseemly, doth not seek its own things, is not provoked, does not impute evil, rejoiceth not over the unrighteousness, and rejoiceth, rejoiceth with the truth. Um, the love um, all things it beareth. The love all thing, all it believeth. The love all it hopeth. The love all it endureth. Now, we can have a little fun with this if you want to, but I, I just, I want, I want you to think about this literal translation here. There's a difference between a love and the love. Are you, are you seeing this, okay? That, that's why it's translated this way. When he says the love, he's distinguishing it from all other uh, considerations um, as far as, you know, what people would consider to be love. Now, I mentioned this a moment ago. Let me just kind of go back to my notes here for a moment. The is added before a title to designate its authenticity or genuineness. The separates the real and the true from the fake or the imitation. When used this way, the is often emphasized with voice inflection and a brief pause before the next words are spoken. The, spoken with emphasis, and then a brief pause, designates the original or first. The emphasizes a thing as the standard by which all things or all other things similar are measured. Right? So this is why the Holy Spirit... And so originally this would have been how, how the Greek listener, reader would have heard it. Not just love, the love, okay? Now, I was thinking about this. If, if you have ever watched like the Super Bowl or, or, or I think Super Bowl may be the only time I've ever seen it, they let the, the starting players introduce themselves. And a lot of times they'll talk about, somebody already knows where I'm going with this, right? They'll, they'll tell their name, and, and a lot of times they'll say the, the college that they played at. And if you've noticed that the players who came from Ohio State University, right, see, y'all are not, right? Some of you know, you know, it's almost kind of annoying if you're not an Ohio State fan, right? But they'll say their name, and then they'll go, the Ohio State University, right? Okay, all right. So notice, what are they saying by that? They're saying we're the university by which all other universities are measured. We're, 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 we're the top dog, so to speak, okay? How, how about this one, okay? Chick-fil-A has the chicken sandwich, okay? All right? Have, have you noticed how many of the knockoffs? I mean, it's like, have you no shame? They, they go by the foil envelope to put it in, like Chick-fil-A even, right? But Chick-fil-A is still the chicken sandwich, okay? 
There's a difference. I don't care if you put it in a, in a foil uh, envelope with two pickles and a buttered bun and nothing else, okay? It's, it's, it's an imitation. It's trying to live up to the standard for the chicken sandwich, all right? And listen now, I'm serious about this. Don't you be blaspheming the Lord up in here trying to tell me that somebody else's chicken sandwich is better, okay? That's the Lord's chicken. Am I right about this? It's the Lord's chicken. I, I'm, I'm kind of laughing, but don't be surprised if there aren't golden Chick-fil-A nuggets on the table at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. I mean, if there's going to be fast food in heaven, it's not going to be any of that gut wadding that you get at Crystal's or whatever. I mean, this is going, we're talking about premium stuff cooked in peanut oil here, fresh, never frozen. All right? It's the chicken sandwich. Right? So when he says the love, right, he's talking about the one by which all other loves are measured. The chicken sandwich is the one by which all. Did you see it? I thought it was so cool. You know, Popeye's did that whole thing, you know, coming out against Chick-fil-A. Our sandwich is better. You ain't tried it. Bashing them in their commercials. And then they couldn't get the chicken anymore to make the sandwich. Did you see what the Chick-fil-A down the street did? They brought them a big old bag of chicken sandwiches. Gave it to them, right? See, it's the Lord's chicken, I'm telling you, man. They're not mad at them. They're like, here, let's give you some sandwiches, right? It's the chicken sandwich. How about this one? Jesus said, I'm a way. Is that what he said? No, the. The way. The truth. The life, right? No one comes to the Father except through me. So there's what people call love, and then there's the love, right? Now, just to dig even deeper into this, 1 John 4, 8, I'll put both of them on one screen. 1 John 4, 8, 1 John 4, 16. But uh, he, rather, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So this isn't just something that God has or something that he knows about or he's been around a long time and he's an expert on. No, he is, God is love. That means these 15 distinguishing characteristics of perfected love are not just describing God's love, they're describing him. See, if love keeps no record of wrong, guess what? God keeps no record of wrong because God is love. Are you seeing this, right? How about 1 John 4, 16? And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Have you believed the love? Have you believed the love? Do you see that? And believe the love. Not just, not just some serpy, religious-sized mumbo-jumbo, kumbaya. No, no, we're talking about the love. We're talking about the love now. We've known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. So because God is love, his love is the love. Right. In other words, we could say he wrote the book on it, right? And he did, but amen. But it's more than that. Right? He created the concept. Before human lips ever said the word love, God was love, is love, and always will be. 
love. Now, there are lots of worldly imitations and cheap substitutes, but there's only one original. And if we're going after perfected love, then you need to know what the love truly is. Now, it's 8.04. Praise God. Sometime around 1 a.m., I'll be through with all 15. Are you staying with me? No, I'm kidding. Let's look at one right quick, okay? And you'll kind of get the feel for this, and we'll jump back in here next week, all right? Number one, the love, according to the Bible, suffers long. The love suffers long. What does that mean, suffers long? Well, it's actually a Greek compound word, macrothumio. Macro means long. Thumos means wrath or anger, and when you combine them together, it means it's slow to anger, slow to judge, or slow to punish. So what do we see? We see that love is patient. That, that's some of the translations that we read. We saw they used that word, that love is patient. Let me, let me give you one important Dis- distinguishing, uh, you know, d- d- addition here, whatever I'm trying to say. Macrothumio is specific to people. So this is talking about being patient with people. There's another Greek word, hupomene, H- I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, H-U-P-O-M-O-N-E. This denotes patience with things or circumstances. Okay? If you get angry at the bolt that you can't break, changing the brakes on your car, okay, then that, that is not a breakdown in macrothumos. That is a breakdown in hupomone, okay? You've just gotten angry at an object or a circumstance or a situation. But, but macrothumos, this is when we are patient with other people. And I think that it's important for us to recognize that Father has a specific term designed for being patient with other people. Okay, so what he's literally saying here is that love is patient with others, love endures long with others, love never gives up on others, love is large and incredibly patient with others. So Peter comes to Jesus one day, and I think he's like he did so many times, he was trying to impress Jesus. I don't know, that may be me being a little hard on Peter, but... When he says to him, I'll put it up on the screen. Why don't you stand with me and we'll pray, okay? Y'all get anything out of this tonight? All right. So he says, um, Peter came to him and he said, Lord, how often shall I, uh, shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Can't you just picture Peter like, surely that's a number. You know, I think he may be expecting Jesus like, no, no, man. After three times, you drop the hammer on him, dude. I mean, you know. Jesus says what? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Math teacher, what's that number, seven times 70? <laughs> 490 times, okay? Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? He said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but 490 times. Now, see, 
even when it comes to think somebody said it right that's 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 some patience right there isn't it that is that's patient right there that's hanging in there right okay now listen we can't do this without the holy spirit but we can with him so don't let any of this scare you off but remember now he didn't just say love was patient but he said at the same time that love is patient he also said love is kind How many, of you, how many of you figured out that the longer you endure, there's this correlation between your kindness. It tends to, you know what I'm saying? You were really kind to that server when they first came to your table and gave you that glass of sweet tea, okay? But 45 minutes later, your tea glass is empty. You've eaten so many chips that your mouth is parched, and you ain't even seen them or your food, right? Okay, we're still waiting for the food, but our kindness tends to diminish. Amen. So he, uh, he said that not only is it kind, not only is it, is it endure long, it's, it's kind while it's enduring. That's grace, isn't it? Praise God. Now see, it's very easy to say, well, you know, you just... You know, you just do stuff like that, you're going to teach people to be slackers. You know, you got to let them know that, you know, they don't take care of me. And you say, again, but notice what we're doing now. We're setting a standard for somebody else that we do not want Father to set with us. Aren't you glad that as long as he waited on you to come around, he was kind while he was waiting? Do you see? We're out there cutting the fool and waving the middle finger of our life in his face. And he's not only like believing that we're going to get it right, he's being kind to us while. Amen. All right. So that's one and part of number two. Love is patient. Number two, love is kind. All right. Father, you're good to us. Thank you for this time together tonight. Father, your Holy Spirit is in us right now pouring out your love. Teach us how to renew our minds and, and sacrifice and, and, and uh, or crucify, rather, our flesh, uh, Father, to, to love like you love. Lord, it's, this world needs some kindness right now. <laughs> and I uh, thank you that, that um, you're teaching us um, how to love like you love and how to be kind, Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, your love. Thank you so much for being here um, this evening. And so, again, remember, it's not just a love. It's the love. Amen. The love. Praise God.